Hello, Hirok. Welcome to our daily devotional. As we continue today with the book of Exodus, we are in the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments. So we are in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. And Taylor, if you'd read this for us, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, I'd love to. Let's read the word of the, read the, word of the Lord together this morning. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. Well, this uh, passage is actually uh, a really good one for showing, uh, for demonstrating that the word holy actually means special um, as opposed to ordinary, that the opposite of holy would be ordinary or common because it starts off here that you're to remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. And then we wonder, what does that mean, holy? What, what does it mean? Are we only supposed to do very uh spiritual things on a Sabbath day? Is, is that what it means to keep it holy? Well, no, the contrast is with the very next verse where it says you have six days for all your ordinary work. You have six mm-hmm. days for all the common purposes. The seventh day is set aside for special day. And just one point of clarification here. I know that Christians often get confused between the Sabbath day and Sunday or the Lord's day. The early church uh, seemed to celebrate both. Sabbath day was the final day of the week, a day of rest. But Jesus was raised on the first day, in essence, maybe uh, um, symbolically starting a new week, kind of starting a new creation. Um, but the, the first day of the week is the Lord's Day. So those two ideas are related, but, but distinct from each other. But the main purpose here is that people were to treat this day of rest as something that they would perpetually observe, uh, the, the people of Israel would perpetually observe. But it's also a principle that seems to go beyond Israel because it's built into the creation itself. It's not just something, the justification for it isn't just something that is special to God's relationship with Israel, but instead it's related to creation itself, that God worked for six days, rested on the seventh. Uh, and so there's this idea that the created order is built with this pattern of work and rest, this pattern of ordinary days and Sabbath uh, built into it. One way I just like to think about it is, you you know, we work uh, so much of the time for the things that matter to us, for our families, for our uh, the things that we value, our, our passions and other pursuits. But if we don't stop working, we don't actually ever get to enjoy those things for which we are working. And so I really see the Sabbath day as the day from w- day in which we stop from working for those things and actually enjoy those things. We stop working for our families and enjoy our families. We stop working to build the kingdom of God, but instead enjoy God and God's kingdom. And so all of this stuff is a time when we get to actually enjoy the fruit of our labor. And this had to be emphasized so much for the Israelites, but I think for us as well, but for them because they had lived as slaves for so long that everyone in that nation, their identity, all their identity had been up to that point was an identity as being just a source of slave labor. 
Uh, but there's this uh, nature documentary I watched one time that really gave me a powerful image of what this is like. And it was a, a, a documentary about the spawning of, uh, of salmon when salmon return to their spawning place. When they uh, swim upstream, they go through this arduous journey so that they can lay their eggs in the spawning place. And in fact, it is so hard to make it back to the place that they start that their body has to start shutting down in order to continue to work, to do this work. And by the time they get to the very end of the spawning place, like they look like zombie fish, like their, their immune systems have shut down. They, their body can't spare the extra energy for their immune systems. And so the bacteria start to take over and their, their flesh literally begins to rot. And, and the bears who like love to catch salmon to be prepared for to be prepared for the winter, they won't eat those salmon because they're just so vile and, and disease-ridden. But in any case, it's this really strong visual picture I still have in my mind of what it is to live to work, that that's all you're about is to work. And I think, you know, we have plenty of evidence in, in, in today's society about the effects on health of, of overworking and how this continual stress pattern also affects our immune system, much like it affects those fish where we become more sick, we age faster, uh, we have mental health problems, all kinds of things that come out of this anxiety where we're not ready or willing to trust God. So I think this invitation of Sabbath really is this invitation to, to um, that God is inviting us into the flow, the natural flow of the created order, one that reflects God's own character and being that God worked and rested and is inviting us into that same pattern. And that's where life is ultimately found. So anyway, that's kind of what I see in this Sabbath, uh, the, the, the Sabbath mm -hmm. command. I'm wondering what you see, Taylor. Yeah. Well, first off, uh, as someone who grew up in the city of Seattle and is a Pacific Northwesterner, I always appreciate a good salmon reference. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that resonates with me. That resonates with me. Um, you know, I think I'll just say maybe maybe something that comes to mind personally about this first before I say anything else is, you know, maybe just almost like a, like a public confession here. This is probably one of like the areas of faithfulness that I struggle with the most. Uh, like this, this cuts right to the core of my desire to, you know, be productive, be valuable, to be seen as those things, to kind of produce things out of my own strength. And so the idea of like, yes, I like to take time off and, you know, relax. That's all nice, but I really struggle to shut off. I, and, and in fact, um, well, I have gotten much better about this and I'm still, but I'm still very much a work in progress. Just, just to give you a real, real profound example of this. My first year in ministry, the previous church I served, I was working so hard. I was working like seven days a week, literally seven days a week that the church leadership team after about six months sat me down and said, you have to take a day off each week. Like they, they, this is unhealthy. And, you know, they were right. I was burning myself out. They, they sat me down and said, you know, this, this isn't, this isn't great. You, you've got to, you've got to do better than this. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to keel over in a year. You know, this, this, this isn't great. And they, and I, they framed it in a, in a way of uh, respect and love. And I appreciate that. And it was a powerful learning experience for me. Um, but I'll also note that before that happened, there were a lot of people in the church who, you know, commented on how hard I was working. And I really liked that if I'm being really candid, you know, like that, that fed something unhealthy in me. And I would, why I say that, that story, which is, you know, I'm not particularly proud of uh, is because I think this is one of these areas that in the church, we need to do a better job of recognizing that workaholism is not actually something that brings glory to God. Working hard is being diligent in our work, 
all those are good things. That's a holy thing. We are called to to work and to provide for our families and to be, you know, productive members of society who care for others and you know can produce and create good things. All of that is good. I don't I don't want us to uh, get that twisted out of shape. But that is different than workaholism. We are called to practice rest, and we rest because God rests. We we see in the creation narrative. I really appreciate how you how you kind of you outline that, John. That you know, this isn't Israel specific. This is God calling Israel to live in the created order that he created and to demonstrate this ideally so that other nations would catch on, that other peoples uh, in that culture, in that context would, would see how Israel is living into the intentional created order and that they would see something true about God in that space and in that practice. And so um, I think that's absolutely true. And I also would just note like that this is this is hard for us as Americans and in the in our contemporary society, we're talking about, as you mentioned, former slaves. And then for much of Israel's history, the vast majority of the population would be subsistence farmers. And so you think about like how challenging that is to not want to work when you are literally growing your own food to survive. I mean, it's right there. You're going to be living probably on your land where you're going to be, where you're growing things and, you know, work is right there and you say, nope, I'm going to rest because God has commanded me to rest so you can enjoy what it is to be fully human. And I would say, you know, the struggle that most of us are going to are going to face is not so much that of farming, although there are many farmers in our society currently. But I would say probably the biggest thing that prevents us from taking a Sabbath in today's culture is one of these. It's the checking work emails at, you know, late at night or first thing in the morning or just, you know, maybe you're off with on Saturday with the family, but let me just peek in and see how work is going. There are all sorts of ways. I would say that technology makes this really hard and it's almost, it's a little insidious. And so why I bring this up is I, I think that we've got to be really intentional in this day and age about what it looks like for us to rest, to set up, maybe it's physical limitations. Like maybe it's getting an actual old school alarm clock so that your phone isn't right on the bedside table. So you're not looking at it and checking work emails before bed, or maybe it's not bringing the work phone on vacation. I've done that before. Hands up. I, I can admit I've done that. I need to grow in that. You know, there's all sorts of ways where I think if we're not intentional, even if we aren't naturally inclined towards workaholism and to not taking a Sabbath, that kind of our modern pace of life and our, the way our society is structured makes it really, really hard to honor this commandment. And so uh, while Yes, as I would say, as Christians, we're not necessarily bound to this specific way of uh, living out the Sabbath. The principle of Sabbath rest has not gone away with Christ. That, that has not disappeared. We are still called to practice active and intentional rest. Is there a false narrative that you have believed is true that is causing you to live differently than God wants you to live? I would say the first step is naming what that narrative is. For me, it was I wanted people to see that I was a hard worker that I could do it, that I was, you know, capable. Maybe it's something else for you, but I, the first step, if you're struggling with this, is to ask yourself the question why, and to name what the underlying dynamic is. Because Sabbath, and I'll just say, the Sabbath is Sabbath is too good not to do. It, it it is holy for a reason, and it brings delight to us. It brings delight to God, and it keeps us healthy. So that's my that's my soapbox pitch for Sabbath. So. Okay. Well, that's great. And and as you're talking, I, I was thinking of one other thing where I was like, oh, I have to mention this. And it's just that um, there are a lot of people who take a day off, but I wouldn't call it Sabbath. And yeah. and, and I'll just put this in a pastoral context. Um, 
when I was a group, a part of this uh, group of pastors called Barnabas Ministry, and uh, that we brought in um, Chuck Slagan, who was the head of Hope Counseling Center. And he came in and he spoke to us and he challenged us to take Sabbath. And he challenged us in a different way. He said, most of you pastors, what you do is you work all the way up until Sunday and Sunday is your hardest day. Sunday, you are just so depleted. And then you take Monday off. Monday is the day you've got nothing left to give to anybody. And so you crash on Monday and that's the day you give to your family. So you give your, your family the absolute leftovers, like just whatever is, if there's anything left at all at the end of the week. He said, instead, what I really encourage you to do is on Monday, you know, do a light admin day, do your emails, whatever else doesn't require a lot of brain power, build up and, and work in such a way that you can take off Saturday. So I know there's going to be a challenge for a lot of you, but take off that Saturday so that you can, you're, you're, you're now real, actually really rested and you're able to give your family your best and then come worship together. So so many people rob their families of that. And I'd say this applies outside of a ministry context as well. I think some of us, you know, even if we're working Monday through Friday, Monday to Saturday, whatever, we work so hard that by the time we can get away from the office or, or get away from the computer or get away from whatever, we are just so drained that we don't want to deal with anybody. And now is the time we're supposed to be giving to our families. And I'd say Sabbath really involves giving our best. It's giving the best of ourselves, not the best work, but giving the best of ourselves. And so if we've we've lived such a way that we have nothing left over, I don't think that's really Sabbath. We're not really enjoying the things for which we're working. Instead, work is extracted, get everything out of us and our family gets nothing. So anyway, that's something to think about. And it's been something that's been a real challenge to me with, with Sabbath. Yeah, well said. But with that in mind, uh, let me uh, close this in prayer. Our good and gracious God, we thank you that we are not just what we do, that we are not slaves. We are not just labor units. I thank you that we do have work, that we can do things that, that matter. But more than that, Lord, I thank you that we have you and that we have people in our lives, friends and family to share these things with. Lord, I pray that we would take the time, make the space, uh, follow these rhythms in our lives so that we could truly enjoy, enjoy the blessings that you have given to us so that we might praise your name and love those around us. And we thank you that Jesus calls us into this, that you call us into this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us again. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And I hope you can think about how to create this Sabbath pattern, how to respond or, or respond to God's invitation into this Sabbath, Sabbath pattern in your lives. So go in peace. <laughs>